<laughs> when it comes to trust, it takes a lot longer. Getting people into a space or getting them into your Discord, easily done. But getting them to stay committed, become holders, become committed holders, become investors even, takes time. Hey friend, what is up? What's going on? Welcome to the Don't Forget Your Lipstick podcast. I'm your host, Melina, and I've been holding a mic since diapers and ever since I could speak, I learned to love the word no. No, you can't get this job. You don't have enough experience. You're not this, you're not that. And I've had over a thousand plus job rejections in the media industry because I did work in television and radio for 10 plus years, but that never stopped me from pursuing my dream because believe it or not, I did end up on TV and I did show everyone that persistence is key. I know what it feels like to be put in the spotlight. I've interviewed so many people. I've had incredible conversations and I've learned that storytelling is really what sets you apart from everyone else. Hashtag your story matters. And in my case, I think how I built this podcast, my brand, you know, my Instagram page, everything I'm building right now is because I share my story of rejection. I share my story of feeling not good enough. I share my story of feeling like an imposter in this business. And this is why you are here, friend. This is for anyone who's ever been told they can't or that they shouldn't waste their time doing that silly little dream of theirs, right? Wow, I could still hear, I could still hear those people say, what are you gonna do with a blog? What do you mean you're going to start a podcast? I'm your hype woman, helping you start before you're ready. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Randall, aka TwitterBay.eth on Twitter. He's an advisor, a thinker. He's head of growth and communications, and he's been working as a brand manager for a sneaker care brand for about six years years. And his main job is primarily to manage communications between businesses and retail partners. So how does that fit in in Web3, in NFT projects? Well, we chatted about communication and how to start an NFT project by building that community first, by building those people who are going to love your project and want to follow you. He has spent over 3,000 hours on Twitter spaces since January, 2022. Do not ask me how I know this, but he has calculated and tallied up how many hours he spent. He's been learning and listening and contributing to conversations. And he's figured out really what is going to set you apart when you are trying to build that NFT project? Why are people going to buy from you? And that my friends is communication. We're gonna get right into it. Here is my conversation with Randall, a.k.a. Twitter Bay. Understanding that we are a business here, right? Even though we may not have a project, it doesn't mean we can't represent ourselves and be a brand for ourselves. And of course, be a business for ourselves, whether and, and you know, make money out of it if we wish. Um, I think it's so important that we understand the fundamentals that if we are looking towards expanding, let's say going into a project, which I have done um, for the past six months, I have been, I was recruited six months ago by a few 
group of people from a space, Twitter space actually where I was speaking. And we've, you know, they've hired me onto the team. Um, and we've been discussing essentially how to set up ourselves as a business and not simply as a company even, and not simply just this Web3 brand that only exists, you know, on the blockchain and doesn't exist anywhere else. Um, I think it's so important that that mindset does come in, especially if you're trying to build something big um, or leading towards, you know, being a massive project. Um, you need to think about things like hiring people as a business. Um, right now, it seems more of, uh, not right now, but obviously a few months ago, um, it looked more of like if you had people with blue ticks coming to your space, obviously paying them a certain fee to do it then it all worked out well, you know, towards uh, percentage from sales and so on. But that was all temporary. That was the hype stage that we were at. But now people are a lot more, I would say, smarter with their investments or more patient even. And it's so important that we understand that. So that way we can reflect how we take our project seriously. Um, I brought up the topic, for example, of making sure that if we're building community um, and build, leading up to a launch, that we take time. That it's not like, oh, we have the art, let's go launch in a month. It doesn't work that way because people, you know, we've not been given enough trust in this space, I think, by everything that's happened. And we need to build that trust. And it takes time. It does, really. One month might seem like a whole lot of time. And we, we've built around that concept that if you spend a month, you're essentially spending a year, whatever it may be, um, whatever the rate conversion may be. But when it comes to trust, it takes a lot longer. Getting people into a space or getting them into your Discord is very easy, easily done. But getting them to stay committed and not, uh, you know, become holders, become committed holders, become investors even, takes time. So back to basics of how business is done, because that's how serious it gets, right? When you talk about recruitment, when you talk about structure, uh, processes of communication, how we speak to each other in a space, um, I mean, not in a space, but amongst each other as a team, reflects on how we speak outwards to our community. And then obviously to then even further that to the entire Web3 community. But for the record, I am not in any way an expert to say that projects are good or bad. Um, I am like everyone else in this space, still learning, still making mistakes, um, and, and collecting information, observing how this space is moving. I like this idea that you started off saying, you know, you have to set yourself as a brand. And I always say we have to think about the heartbeats and not the dollars. So like our, our customer, right? Like in terms of our brands, whether we have an NFT project or not, but even in terms of business, you have to look at who the customer is. And you're right, because if you don't have good, excellent customer service, meaning you're not responding to DMs, you're not, you know, engaging with your community they're going to, they're going to disappear. Or, you know, in this space, they're going to forget about you. <laughs> they're going to stop following you and they're going to stop, you know, talking about you. And I always say, you don't need to invest so much in marketing, quote unquote, and I'm literally doing air quotes, because if you build good customer service and you build that community, people will talk about you organically and then that will you know like when you talk about well what's it going to take to get these 500 followers and turn them into a thousand followers well just just nurture those 500 first and then the the 1000 are going to come 
just because those 500 are going to talk about you and then people are going to be intrigued and they're going to want to follow you. Right. Like that's, I feel like that's like business 101. Absolutely. The one thing that, and I think we've seen this over maybe the past 10 years or so where employees are your best brand ambassadors and they work for you already. So you don't need to worry about signing contracts, right? They are the ones that speak for you. They speak for you in the job market. They speak for you towards their communities that reside outside of the workplace. And they can, you know, they can do the same thing, obviously at a different scale, but they still are your ambassadors. They are the ones that are part of your core, as you said, the heartbeat. And if you lose that heartbeat, then you're flatlined. And then that's where, you know, what, what does a hundred thousand followers mean if only five hundred of them were the? I mean, what does a hundred thousand followers mean if only two of them are actually promoting or encouraging or motivating the brand to continue? Those five hundred that actually engage consistently, show up to spaces, or even like retweet, whatever it may be, even have conversations. Those are the ones that are going to carry you even further. What about like transparency too? Because like you said, we see it a lot in this space. If you're not really transparent about your roadmap or what you're doing, then it also gets hard to sort of trust you. Of course. Um, when we talk about transparency, I think this is one of the things that we need to also be mindful of. Web3 or the the lingo that, you know, the wording, the articles, the papers that exist that talk about Web3 are written by people from their own understanding right now. I mean, I personally haven't found like something that is more of a objective view of Web3 yet. Um, and, and that says a lot because you when you're talking about something like transparency, transparency is subjective to how you present yourself in the space with what you're comfortable with. For women in the space or for those who are not essentially men, um, there is a difficult barrier. There's another extra layer of challenge that's there doxing themselves because to them, there's a lot more maybe at stake, you know, um, in some cases, not even just women or those who are not men. I think even men, depending on how your, I guess, how your uh, professional life exists, right? The NDAs and so on. Um, I think it's important that when we're transparent, we are, being respectful towards privacy of ourselves and not falling for the standard of what is being set by subjective, you know, by, by the subjective standard. We focus on how can we instill transparency while respecting our privacy. And that is through ensuring that people can, if they can't see your face, what can you give them instead? You know, there's, there's always an alternative. There's always an opportunity. It's it's just another challenge that you have to overcome, not so much a block on, on your ability to progress in this space. So I think it's important that communication around that, that I have, you know, certain obligations to myself. Um, however, this is what I can guarantee as a founder of this project. This is how I can guarantee more transparency. And you can do that. I mean, you have to be creative, of course, of how you wish to approach it, but you can be transparent without having to completely open up your entire life to people over the internet. So how would you go about it, Randall? How would you, like if you were starting in this space, especially now in this bear market, how would you go about communicating and being transparent and finding these these 
customers, followers, however you want to call them? Well, for me, I think one of the, well, I, I am doxxed um, and that was a choice that I made, um, including my LinkedIn page and so on. Um, if I, let's say, had reservations around that, I would focus on, um, in a way, creating almost this guarantee, right? Whether it's through representation from others on the team, whether it's from me always showing up to spaces. I mean, it may seem like nothing, but having the founder come and speak in a space or even on Discord, I mean, there are those tools that we have that we may not like that still can give us the ability to be transparent. Whether it, I mean, for me, I would go on Discord, invite all the holders to, you know, meet me essentially, and then have myself on a webcam. I, I don't feel comfortable with the webcam, but if I feel that can do a bit more than me completely opening up my life to them, then allow that to happen. Um, if they require more, then of course communicate. How much more can I give? It has to be a mutual respect. If they're asking for things that I cannot give, then that must be respected, but also communicated that these are my limitations. And then maybe even recruit someone. You do need representation that doesn't have to necessarily be the founder always speaking. You can have people who are the face of the brand who can be you know, your, your public speaker, essentially, which is something I think a lot of people tend to restrict from because they don't want to expand the team outside of, you know, outside of the few or the core. But to me, that's like, you know, your Discord mods are your um, frontline or your, you know, your, your infantry. They're the ones on the frontline taking all the questions, doing all the um, management of communication. So if you give them that transparency, at least, then they will be able to then amplify it and maybe even come uh, become the docs team, let's say. And that should, again, be part of the communication that these are the people that we are putting, um, that we are taking accountability for these people on our team. And I think that's another thing, just being accountable as well when being transparent. Yeah, I just, you know, for, for this kind of space, like Web3 in general as a whole, right? Like for so many people who are just looking a little bit like into our world, right? These web two who are still trying to understand, okay, what are these people trying to do in web three and what the hell are NFTs? It's for someone like me, who's coming from a communications background, journalistic background. I was astonished to see even just one year ago, how, like you said, there's no real true information out there other than you know the websites of the project but there's no real let's say newsworthy website that can tell you this is a real project this is you know a rug pull or whatnot and especially now in a bear market i think it's so important to go back to these basics communication and transparency and perhaps doxing yourself because there's been a lot of crap going on right like i don't you know i don't know what else to what nice word to use but there's just been a lot of bad stuff happening right people losing their stuff people clicking links um and you know i think it's important to go back to communication but at its basic core because i think we sort of you know and it's not to say that anyone and everyone can host a space but i think there's a certain way to lead a space talk um, communicate well. And I think for a lot of people, they're t 
taking it for granted, right? And it's almost like how at the beginning in Web2, we used to not care about what we were posting on social media. But I think right now is, I think it's super important to be intentional about what we're putting out there in terms of content, in terms of what we're saying. What do you think, Randall? Absolutely. Um, One of the things I've found, especially in the past month, is that everyone is now splitting what is for decentralization and what is not. What is decentralized is welcome into this space. What is not is not, you know, essentially uh, a rug pull or you're not really understanding the way Web3 works. And I think we're we're creating more limitations for ourselves by saying that. Because if we really think about it, you need leadership, right? Communication doesn't just happen where everyone just says what they want. There's also a form of leadership in that communication. And sometimes you can create a hybrid model. We've seen CloneX, for example, CloneX having to be um, decentralized by, by one arm, but then centralized by the main core, which is Nike. And then Artifact being a decentralized, um, I guess, extension of them. Um, there's a hybrid model there. You still have the brand representing itself the way it wants to, but then you have the opportunity for collaboration from the holders and the brand itself and allowing that to be within Web3. Collaboration is not just simply by doing fan art, but allowing that art to represent the NFT, allowing it to represent the holder of the NFT. That, that's where you get co-ownership that the brand does own itself within your NFT, but then you also have an opportunity as a holder, as an investor, to create with them, to enhance it, but define you. And this is something we've seen where my PFP, you know, is my identity in the same way. Why not take that to the next stage of introducing it into the brand itself? I mean, into your project or business, however you wish to refer to. That is a great way to create that understanding and, and um, I guess, take away the miscommunication of the space because it's not just about everyone having power. New people come in and have no idea but then having you know giving them an opportunity to make decisions it's scary like imagine going into an office and you're like yeah we're going to decide to do this but your decision is going to be the one that's going to make it or break it i have no idea what people's what anyone's been talking about and you're making me you know go on stage and make a decision not go on stage but uh, it's too much responsibility too much pressure we haven't had the time to absorb enough to then be decision makers. So we do need leadership. And that allows then for better communication. Um, then things like using words such as rug pull, right? Rug pull is too wide of a word because we can associate it with a project or let's say a brand that came in, didn't do too well, didn't understand the system, and then didn't sustain itself financially. That's not a rug pull. I'm sorry, but that's just a failed business. Um, versus someone who's come in, created some, you know, um, derivative art, you invested thinking it was the real one, and then just completely disappears right after the mint finishes. That's a rug pull, right? That's when the rug is actually pulled over you versus someone who is trying or a team that's trying to build something sustainable but couldn't because of whatever it may be, bad planning, bad communication, and so on. What would you say to people right now who are probably either starting out, joining Web3, understanding NFTs, basically beginners? What would you recommend 
for them? You know, I know we always say do your own research, but what else would you or what would you recommend? Great question. And I think this is something I've done. It's taken me a while to get here. I have to say I jumped in somewhere in early December um, and then Twitter spaces January onwards. I jumped in, you know, sink or swim, literally get into a space, learn whatever you can. And then along the way, kind of figure it out or ask the question. Um, now is the time to kind of slow down, learn the blockchain, right? Learn what that blockchain is. Why should it be? Because we've been drawn towards the success, right? And all the success or majority of it has come from the Ethereum blockchain. That doesn't mean that other blockchains are bad. Ethereum has just been there a lot longer than the rest. And of course, Ethereum has a lot more history and what they've been developing is far more ahead than the rest. But that doesn't mean there's no potential. So learning about blockchain, even if it's, it's, it's not so much learn about it so you can speak about it, but learn so you can make decisions for yourself. Be observant of the space. I would say really be observant. Don't fall for FOMO. FOMO is such an easy thing to fall for. And it's important that you slow down, even with your research. I mean, for me, before clicking that mint button on any page, I take so much time. I can tell you right now, I spent three to five hours really thinking about pushing that mint button. Even if it was a free NFT, it takes me forever. I missed out a lot because of that. But that doesn't mean there's, you know, I don't live with regret in this space. And I think you can be the person who comes in and has infinite regret because you've missed out so much because you're taking time to learn. Or you can be the person that has opportunities coming ahead where you are a more confident investor, more confident observer, so you can make decisions on your own pace. That way you don't fall for uh, scams, that way you don't fall for um, these links that get sent to you or joining projects that don't go anywhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I still freak out when I have to connect my wallet to OpenSea and I'm like, Oh my God, they're going to steal everything right now. <laughs> I'm still, I still freak out. So, you know, the whole thing freaks me out. I'll be honest, even just like transferring NFTs to another wallet or like, it just everything. I just like, I can't look, I press send and then I can't look. <laughs> so, I was telling Randall before, like I was doing this TikTok. I was talking about the double D, the DD, um, but not that kind of double D. This is the due diligence DD understanding due diligence because again we hear it a lot and I keep repeating myself I think once a week I talk about doing your research you know do your own homework don't just click anything because someone with a blue check mark is telling you that this is gonna moon people forget the importance of just trusting your own gut and you know doing that research yourself we automatically have this mindset that when we come early to a project and I'm sure Others have experienced the same thing I have. I'm spending a lot more time talking to as many people because it's so small, understanding if is this is real or not, right? Uh, where is it going? What does it look like? Would I make money from it? And then I spend time with those questions. I spend time trying to find those answers. But then when something is happening right now, Freemint, we had this entire week of Freemints and it was insane. Um, there was a big struggle of understanding that your due diligence, those that those questions you had to answer for, and the time you spent answering them was completely sidetracked. Like put a, put aside, pardon me, um, because 
it's happening now. I can't miss out. And you forget your due diligence or you at least minimize how much time you need to spend, which is incorrect because you're talking about your own money. Some people have remortgaged their houses. I mean, taken loans. Who knows, right? Who knows what the story is behind the PFP? But we need to be mindful of that, that your due diligence is something that you must have great focus on in this space. If you want to get far, but you also want to make very smart moves. Um, and again, if you don't do due diligence, you will continue to circle and, in, you know, you will continue to fall into this infinite regret. Every single time you will regret. You regret you bought into a project that rugged. You regret that you bought into a project that failed. You continue to regret and fill your entire cup um, and mind or, or mental health with just, I regret everything. So as soon as a bear market hits, which, you know, the bear market will last as long as it does, um, you will say, I'm done with it and disappear. But that's not how it works. You know, no company out there in Web2 has ever gone through the great and not gone through the worst. Um, and it's so important that we understand that we're going through that journey and we should expect that we have to make mistakes sometimes to really learn how to pay more attention to our due diligence of simply researching. Oh my God, Randall, I love him so much. He is one of my biggest supporters. We have so much fun together. He just cares about you and he wants to see you succeed. And that is something so beautiful. I'm so grateful to have him in my corner, friends. Please go give him a follow. His Twitter handle is at Randall with two L's underscore Almeida, A-L-M-E-I-D-A, or just find him Twitter Bay, Twitter Bay, because he's he's all of the girls' Twitter's base. He's so much fun. As always, if you dig, love this episode and you have taken notes, my friends, please shoot me a DM on Instagram at where to next Melina, or you can go find me on Twitter at girl underscore in the verse. You can always check out my blog. All the info is down in the show notes. I will see you next time. Mwah!